Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown, and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, uh, if you listened in last week, you would have heard a little bit of background noise. I I listened back myself and I was thinking, I was quite relaxed actually, (laughs) with uh, the sound of uh, water, uh, waves to be specific, uh, in the background there. So uh, I hope hope that didn't put you off too much. I hope you didn't mind that. But um, as you could gather, I was away. Uh, last week and I had a really good rest, um, lots of good food and just relaxation really. But obviously on a sprint challenge, it's hard to completely switch off. And so um, I was doing certain things whilst I was away, uh, answering various questions and, and keeping keeping things ticking along. I wasn't working very hard, but I was doing a few things along the way. But the interesting thing is after a few weeks, I think the first three weeks of um, literally kind of a bit of a downhill uh, with the wind behind you type of uh, run. And the last week has kind of been a bit of an uphill with the wind against us in our face, uh, in truth. And I guess that's inevitable uh, in many ways, because um, there there wasn't a lot of like, I'd love to come on and just say, oh, this happened, that happened, the other happened. But it was a bit of a grinding week in a way. That we've had over the last week. There's some good things that did happen, but I guess we kind of got a bit spoiled by how well things had gone in, in the first three weeks of this challenge. So week four was a little bit slower paced, um, a little bit mm, nothing sort of earth shattering, really. There are some decent things, but nothing earth shattering. And I guess it feels a little bit let down, but I was just thinking about and reflecting before I came on to talk to you today. And I think we're going to put things in perspective. This is four weeks into a sprint challenge. Okay, it's also the end of the quarter. So I'm only sharing with you around about half of the, the timeline of the entire you know Q1, which is what these sprint, uh, this sprint challenge is all about, really. So we've been working for the first six weeks of the quarter, six, seven weeks of the quarter. And of course, we'll be working for the, uh, the, rem- the last six weeks of the quarter as well. But there we go. So um, I guess um, keep on grinding. Mm, Maybe that's not the right phrase, actually. But, you know, sometimes it is a grind and you just got to keep going because it's worth it. Um, And you can't be at 100 percent. You can't perform at 100 percent all of the time, every single day. Um, I don't think so. Anyway, some people might disagree with me. But uh, I do believe that sometimes you have to sort of tough it out, slog it out, just keep going. Um, Perhaps you're feeling a little bit underwater. Uh, waiting for a quicksand, but you're going to come out the other end. And so I was just thinking, well, what what are the updates I can share with you in terms of the the four areas for the goals? And, and, you know, there are some progress things, I'm pleased to say. It's amazing how your mind can get a little bit distorted at times. So let me just run you through. Um, So the the first goal area is in mergers and acquisitions. And um, the... (laughs) The, the strangest thing is the, the block management and letting agency business that uh, we put an offer in uh, against, uh, it looks like it's going to fall over. And it's probably important to share, actually, some of the rationale behind that. So I'm trying to avoid going through uh, business sale brokers in the most part. And this, this particular um, opportunity is a good example of why. 
because the the let's just put it in perspective. The owner, of the, this is a kind of a one man band who's running his business from home. Uh, I think it's a bedroom <laughs> or a bedroom that's been converted into an office, but he's essentially running the business himself. And um, you know, he's he's got a, he's got some hired hands to help. You know, cleaners, gardeners, that sort of thing, because he's running blocks and uh, a maintenance guy. And um, I think he's toyed with the idea of having a, you know, a full-time assistant, actually. Um, hasn't quite locked that down. It's been for a couple of people in a year. Um, so essentially, it's kind of a one-man band and trying to get an extra pair of hands to help. And so that's fine. I've got nothing against that. But it, it's basically a job <laughs> for him. It's not a business. If it was a business, he would be employing someone and just overseeing what they do. And, you know, checking in and you know, have some sort of dashboard reporting and essentially be overseeing the, the day-to-day operations. But he's in the thick of it. So that's one of the, the, the challenges you, you sometimes face in this business is that somebody believes they're selling a business, but they're actually selling a job in reality. And so you've got that hurdle to overcome. Um, they don't see it that way. They think they've built up a great business. But the only way that you can um, take over that business is if you replace them. And that brings me to the second point, because he wasn't paying himself a proper salary. You've got above the line and below the line earnings with a, with a company. So you've got above the line earnings is what's taxable um, in your profit and loss accounts. Uh, usually that's salary. Um, it could be other things, but essentially it's a salary. And he's t- taking minimum salary, which is, again, good tax planning, good practice if you're running a business. But it's not so good, actually, if you need to sell that business and then somebody needs to come in and replace that person. Because if you're paying yourself, say, £10,000 a year for a job that really would cost thirty, forty thousand 40000 a year for somebody else to undertake, that's probably a minimum, uh, plus all their on costs, uh, their benefits, for example, uh, potentially overheads, expenses, sick leave, etc., training, all of that stuff gets added on top of that. So probably probably looking at closes of 50 k um, as a total cost of employment to to replace him, he's paying himself ten. So there's a forty k def, you know, deficit effectively in the profit. So whilst he thought he was making something like seventy five thousand, eighty thousand a year profit, when you kind of add back the cost of replacing him in the business, you're probably looking at more like forty thousand a year profit, something like that. I'm probably being generous there as well. So um, then you've got this um, disconnection because they're going to value the business at probably a multiple of profit. But they, um, and, and, and by the way, the business broker is probably going to tell them a higher multiple of profit than what we're prepared to pay. So that's one of the reasons I don't really like going through business brokers um, because they're probably cooking it up and saying, you know, and, 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 and cooking up the expectation level amongst the, uh, the vendor as well. And then the second thing is exactly what I've just said, that usually self-employed people or people running their own business, they deliberately don't pay themselves uh, a big enough salary and they'll take their main earnings uh, in dividends, which is below the line. So if we throw the, the dividends back into the equation or the salary back into the equation, they're in, uh, you know, we, we have a, an adjusted profit position and that's going to create a, a bit of stress, uh, if you like. So I'm not saying it's dead, 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 dead in the water, but um, let's just say that being early to the party and having to break that news to them, you know, doesn't make you Mr. Popular. <laughs> so that that was an interesting exchange, effectively, that we had with that uh, business owner. And um, it's probably going to be one that sits in the pipeline and you're probably going to have to wait for him to realign his uh, expectations, possibly. I hear that he's had another uh, offer and, you know, good luck if that's the case. 
Um, but you know uh, that's that was the situation as we saw it. Um, I think the there was there was another point I was going to make about the the business broker. Uh, so, oh yeah, the other thing. When uh, you're buying a business, you've got two main options. You can either buy the um, the assets and the goodwill of the business, which is effectively the customer base and uh, any contracts they've got in place and potentially some physical assets, potentially some intangible assets like brand names and websites and things like that. You can buy the assets and leave everything else behind. And um, that is a simple way of buying a business and is more is, is is relatively risk free because you're not taking on any of the obligations or any of the liabilities and especially any contingent liabilities that might be lurking um, that's one way the second way is to buy the business lock stock and barrel and that's to acquire the shares effectively uh, now when you're buying the shares you're buying everything you're buying the assets and the liabilities you're buying the brands you buy you're just buying it you're taking over the entire business operation um, it, the, the, there are some merits in doing that, but there's also some risks. So if, you, if you're buying the entire business, you're stepping into the shoes of the owner and you don't know what they've done. You don't know what liabilities are potentially lurking um, for you to, to pick up in the future. You know, it might be a, a lawsuit or something like that, uh, or, you know, refund requests, all sorts of things could be lurking. So there's more risk in, in terms of buying the shares, but there's some other benefits too. So there's, you're always weighing up, buy the, am I buying the business? Am I buying the shares? Now, sometimes... Well, not sometimes. In this case, in this particular example, I'm digressing here. I hope you find this interesting. Um, but in this particular case, the, we're buying the shares. Okay, So when you're buying the shares, you're buying everything. And yet, the, this particular business owner um, wanted to keep all the cash in the business. Um, so there was a, a reasonable sum of money in the bank account. And they said, well, we're selling you the business, but without the cash. Now, you can um, negotiate that. That's not unusual, but you need to specify in advance um, that basically it's called zero cash, zero debt basis. You can you can do that. But the, the, the standard procedure when you're buying the shares of the company is you're buying everything. So you're buying the assets and you're taking on the liabilities. So that obviously affects the value of the business, uh, depending on what the assets and the liabilities add up to. Now, in this particular case, the cash, there was, there was a reasonable amount of cash and there wasn't a lot of liability. So there was a positive you know, balance in the cash and therefore positive assets that we were stepping into, and that formed part of our valuation. So lo and behold, of course, we submit our offer. Um, we, you can probably see where this is going now. We've gone, well, we need to reduce your profitability because you're not paying yourself enough uh, of a salary. We're probably valuing the, uh, we're probably going to use a different multiple, uh, a profit multiple to what your advisor has suggested. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to criticize them, but, you know, they're obviously talking it up and we're kind of looking at what it's worth to us. So you've got two negatives there. And then the third one is our offer is for the shares of the business, which includes all the assets and liabilities. And they said, well, we want to keep the cash. <laughs> so, um, well, OK, you can keep the cash, but that reduces our offer by equivalent of the cash. And they then like that. So long story short, we... We're apart we're on that particular one. And I'm just elaborating on this particular uh, conversation or this exchange because it's very relevant if you're looking at buying and selling businesses, of course, um, you know, to understand these things and to work, work your way through them. So that was a bit frustrating um, because we'd spent a bit of time and I think the rapport was good initially with the business owner and indeed with the broker. 
but the it's kind of we're a bit apart let's just say that and that's fine you know we're building a pipeline of business we don't expect to win everything we go in for in fact if we win everything we go in for winning everything we go in for is the wrong attitude isn't it we don't want to be overpaying for these businesses we want to be paying a fair price um so uh, we have our own view on fair price and the the owners have their view on fair price and they don't always always meet and of course sometimes we're in competition as well but it's still frustrating because you spend a lot of time um, on these things. So that was that one. It's, you know, I don't say it's dead, 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 but you know, I'm probably not, we're probably not going to proceed with it. Let's put it that way. So that was, that was one acquisition. The second one I told you about last week, we got into the uh, final position. And we're kind of still there um, in a way. I think the owner is, is looking for a confirmation that we can genuinely move relatively quickly, which, which we can. And so we've given that assurance. And so I, I don't have the updates as I'm talking to you today, but I'm expecting them to go, yeah, fine, um, you know, because they set the timescale. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. So we, can you work quickly, i.e. along these timescales? And that was probably outside of what we, we expected we'd be able to move at. So that seems okay. But I don't have the answer as I sit here today. So there's that one. And then there was the business I told you about where we were lining up a conversation that hasn't happened yet. Um, but on the good news side of things with the mergers and acquisitions, my uh, my business partner is, has pursued uh, an alternative industry uh, acquisition. I, I decided I was going to stick with property, uh, uh, but uh, she wanted to also look at opportunities in, in another sector she's more familiar with herself, which is marketing. And um, she submitted a, a, an offer. She's been you know described as the preferred bidder or the f- preferred buyer. Um, there, so that's that's gone in. So that's good news. Good news for her. Um, so we've got something to celebrate um, this week on the mergers and acquisition side of things. Um, so hopefully that will be well received. Uh, they don't. She doesn't know what the other bids look like, um, but I'm sh- as the preferred buyer, um, I think she'll be given opportunity to uh, sharpen the pencil, so to speak, if it's necessary. But you know, I've been involved in in her offer and valuing the business and how to position it. So. You can blame me, I suppose, if it doesn't work, can't you? Um, but yeah, that's been good fun. So I've enjoyed doing that. Anyway, that's the mergers and acquisition side. So a little bit sticky, but um, you know, it's still good um, overall. And you know, whether we, if we've taken three giant leaps forward, maybe it's one slight step sideways or backwards this week. That would be the the sort of overarching theme. And next up, we got the blocks and portfolios, and. Again, it's like now we've we've made some good progress with three of the offers uh, I told you about last week, and we were we were getting stuck on proof of funds. We've now unblocked that, but literally by the time I, just before I came on to record this, so we're we're just putting across the proof of funds. It took a, a week. I think it's taken more than a week actually in total. But uh, last week I didn't have the proof of funds. I was expecting to have them, and it's taken another week to get them. But uh, the the owners overseas, there's a finance director involved, and yeah. It just was a bit sticky. So we had to sign some bits of paper there um, to just give everyone the assurances they need. And then we got the proof of funds. And literally, that'll be winging its way across now to support our uh, formal offer. So I'll let you know maybe next week what the response on that one is. So that's kind of just progressing, if you like. The same uh, three offers I told you about last week. Just as a recap, one is about um, six million. One is about roughly 7 million and the other one's about 750,000 for multi-unit blocks, uh, all completed, um, actually pretty much all completed. So that's good. Um, and I, we've got something like 20 other blocks and portfolios in the pipeline to review. And literally today I've reviewed, I think, seven or eight 
of those um, discarded. Um, so let, I think it was eight. So discarded six, and that leaves two that we're actively going to the next stage of due diligence on. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but they, they look quite promising, the two. Um, so in, in terms of meeting our criteria and what we're looking to achieve, as, as always, it's never straightforward. There's usually something that we need to get our head around, whether it's the size of the units or the freehold position or uh, whether it's being completed or, you know, there's, there's something. So we, we need to get comfortable with that. Uh, and make sure that we're we're okay. So, but I think one of those uh, blocks is um, available for about three quarters of a million, that sort of level. And the other one is for if my memory's memory correct me about four point seven, I think it is. I need to just double check that one. Um, I think I'm just going to look it up now while I'm while I'm talking to you. So it's uh, come on, Richard. Uh, maybe this isn't the best podcast when I'm having to look things up. But um, I know it's a significant discount. Oh, no, no. Sorry, I got confused. That's why I wanted to check. I, was conv- I wasn't sure myself. It's, no, it's about 10 million. So there's quite a difference in size there. So now uh, we're boxing, you know, boxing above our weight in terms of what we were used to in the past with that kind of valuation. But we've now gaining, we are now gaining access to other sources of funding which are allowing us to, to tap into our higher threshold. And uh, it's interesting, actually, because when, you, when you're soaring uh, in the sky, um, there's less obstacles in your way, essentially. So the higher you go, the less there is for you to, to hit. Obviously, you can, if you, you fly like a bird, there's trees in the way sometimes, and then there's tall buildings, uh, and then there's you know, jet aircraft. But the higher you go, there's less and less things that you can run into. So I think that's, uh, that's an interesting one, isn't it? The, the, the fact that we're looking at you know, property uh, values, block values of up to about 10 times really what I was looking at about a year ago. So that's that's very significant uh, development. So that's uh, blocks and portfolios. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else to update you on there. And uh, we want to get those three offers secured if we possibly can. Those two extra ones I've just told you about, I think we're going to progress and uh, do some more in-depth due diligence before uh, deciding whether we're going to offer or not. Um, they've definitely passed the first test uh, on those ones. Yep, I think that's that. And um, that kind of ties in really to private financing. So that's an interesting one. Um, we've got um, a high net worth syndicate who've offered to review our propositions. Let's just say that uh, coming up towards the end of the month. So that's going to be quite a key uh, meeting. It's going to be you know a critique, let's say, of what we're doing. So I'm expecting perhaps to be a bit beaten up, let's say, um, in in going in into that. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a dragon's den environment, but it's a dragon's den environment. Um, let's face it. So that'd be interesting to see how we get on with that. And and but I think it'll be valuable experience. You know, I'm not necessarily expecting we'll come out with money and investment, but I'm expecting that we'll come out with um, there's a minimum, you know, some great feedback on our proposition and how we how we how we're presenting ourselves and how we, how we go forward from there. So that's pretty encouraging, pretty exciting. It also gives me a bit of a deadline to work to in terms of the investment memorandums and things like that and the, and the, the pitch decks. So uh, I'm looking forward to doing that uh, piece of work, uh, which I've possibly been putting off a little bit because, uh, you know, you, 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 have, you have to go through a bit of an iterative process to get that right. Um, there's usually multiple variations before you settle on the final version. But I'll, I'll, I'll pull my finger out and get that done because I've got about two weeks uh, to polish it up, really. So that's the, the blocks and the portfolio, uh, and sorry, the funding side of things, a bigger pardon. That's the funding side of things. Um, and I think, you know, 
to be honest, uh, if any of these deals, especially these, you know, six, seven, ten million d- deals come through, we'll smash our goals, frankly, um, in in ev- every respect in terms of blocks and portfolios and private funding. And if we do get the offer accepted on the rental business I alluded to earlier, in the mergers acquisitions will kind of we yeah we're already at two and a half x what we set ourselves as a target for the beginning of the year and i revise that to three million so we'll we'll pretty much do it with that transaction frankly so um that is great frankly it's really good so that leaves me with just the book to update you on and i'm really pleased because just before i came on air i thought well i need to just toss up the word count and um i've framed my goal for the book as writing um, 50,000 words before the end of March. And I'm going to be honest with you, the last two weeks were pretty difficult. Um, uh, they weren't difficult in every way, as you're going to hear in a second, but they were difficult because um, I, I, I was, I'm using the 80-20 rule. The, the book I'm writing on, Property Finance, 80% of the content, I, I kind of know, right? I, I already know some is in my head or I've, I've got it documented in some other way. And I'm just piecing it together. So 80% of the job is, is is either pulling it out of my head or just pulling it out of a document that I already have somewhere that I've created for another purpose. And of course, I need to stitch it together. I need to make tell the story. I need to you know give it case examples and things like that. And that's the extra 20% really. And then sometimes there's extra research as well that I need to do. Well, what's current? Am I you know am, am I out of date? So that's the 80-20 rule that I've been working on. And to be honest, I've been flying with most of the chapters with the, in the book. But um, I came to this one chapter and I, I kind of was encouraged to include this chapter in the book. And I was honestly shying away from it. And one big part of it is because it's about taxation. And, you know, taxation's oh, one of those subjects, isn't it? It's, the, it's constantly changing. It's incredibly detailed. There's so many if, buts, maybes. Um, and, and, you know, it's, and, and circum- people's individual circumstances affects their tax position in, in so many ways. Uh, it makes it a really difficult chapter to write. So I was resistant to include um, uh, taxation within this book on property financing. But, but, you know, taxation is one of the ways in which you can help uh, raise funding or save funding for your property investments. So I think it's right it's going to be there because my definition of property finance or property financing is not just vanilla buy-to-let and bridging finance and perhaps development finance. Uh, otherwise, it would just be a three-chapter book um, or it would be very, you know, three very long sections going into dreary details. And that's not what this book is about. There's about 15 chapters and three of which are those vanilla topics and the rest are really interesting things alternative ways of looking at things creative financing um you know not non-traditional ways basically of looking at financing so um this chapter included uh, grants soft loans and taxation that was that was what i was going to write i set out to write that two weeks ago and the 80 20 rule that i'm talking about um i probably i shared a social media post today saying i was you know it was more like 50 50 rather than 80 20 I'm probably being generous there, frankly, because um, with things like grants and taxation and government-backed loans, which I'm calling soft loans, it's constantly changing. And especially, especially now, of course, when we're, you know, trying to go through a pandemic and then recover from a pandemic, we've got the budget. I'm still rereading what, uh, you know, the, the Chancellor came out with in the budget and just finding new things all the time and, you know, things are being reworded, things are being relaunched, things are being tweaked. 
And so it was a torturous chapter. <laughs> but the good news is, uh, well, it was supposed to be one chapter. Um, but the, uh, the, I suppose the good news and the bad news is um, I managed to write about 13,500 words for this one chapter. Now, clearly, that's too, much, too many. Uh, typical chapters, about 3,000 words approximately. It could be slightly less sometimes, could be slightly more other times. You know, so, sort of about 3,000 words. So obviously, 13,000 is huge. And um, so I've decided it's not one chapter. It's at least two. It could be three. So, but I think there needs to be a little bit of wordsmithing that goes along to trim that back. So, uh, and where am I going with this? I'm going to give you an update because if I counted the 13,500 uh, words, then I'm up to, I've broken my goal because um, I'm 51,500 uh, words written to date um, for the book. So I've achieved my goal effectively in terms of word count. So I'm going to press on, obviously, and keep, keep pushing and trying to crack out the remaining chapters. Uh, it could well be the book is longer than 50,000 words. Well, I knew the book was going to be longer than 50,000 words, but, um, you know, I obviously need to be careful how long it is. Um, but I think, you know, 13,500 words for the combined chapters on grants, soft loans and taxation might condense down a little bit, actually, after a little bit of editing um, and a bit of support from Helen, who's going to look at my, uh, well, editing, effectively. So... But I guess pass on the back time, pass on the back because I've achieved a goal um, is the long and short of it. Um, I've, I've broken the 50,000 word count target for the books, for the book. And so um, I'm pretty chuffed about that, actually, because I didn't realize until I sat down just before recording this. So that's one tick. Um, and therefore, it's also time to reset that goal. And so I'm going to push on. Uh, I think I've got two weeks left of the month. And um, my average writing rate is about three to five thousand words a weekend so i'm gonna i'm gonna stretch my goal to sixty thousand words by the end of march that's what i'm gonna do so there you go you heard it from here first so sixty thousand words before the end of march we'll see where that takes us in terms of the overall word count for the book i suspect it's going to be you know a little bit above that actually now but uh, there we go i can reset the goal but i can give myself a little credit can't i you allow me a little bit of credit thank you i'm sure you will so that's it so there we go. It's an interesting one, isn't it, this week? Um, because sometimes progress is measured in giant strides and sometimes progress is measured in smaller steps. And sometimes you're standing still but still making progress. And I think that's what this week has really looked like. So the first few weeks were giant strides. I think this week there's been a couple of small steps but there's also been a little bit of standing still in many ways and just holding firm. And, you know, perhaps taking stop before pushing on again. So I think that's the overarching thing. I, I hope this is an interesting, um, you know, share, really, over six weeks. Um, it's obviously interesting for me because I'm getting to hold myself to account. I'm, I'm having to, every week, keep uh, tabs on what I'm doing and the progress. And, of course, you know, I want to make sure that I've got something to say when we have this little share as we do. So I, I hope that is interesting for you to hear this, uh, these insights um, as it is for me to kind of experience it. Um, in fact, I quite like some feedback. So why don't you just give me some feedback, drop me a line, uh, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net um, if you would like to give me some feedback on how this has been going these four weeks and I'd be happy to take it. Um, but that's really my cue, actually, to draw a close to this particular episode. So you, you know how to reach me if you want to talk about today's show, feedback, as I mentioned, or talk about anything to do with property uh, at all. 
And uh, the show notes are going to be over the website, thepropertyvoice.net as well. And yeah, I guess that's it really. So thanks very much for listening uh, once again this week on the Property Voice podcast. And until next time, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.